Blog Talk Radio. Here we go. This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I, just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. Yeah. Wow. Good job. Oh. Yeah, I know. I do want to say something real quick that we have less than 10 people listening live outside the window. So we're and and we're six feet apart from. Yes, they are. Yes. I yeah. I'm good. Good. I was a little (laughs) concerned when when I heard all those people out there, and I'm thinking this is not. But yes, less than ten people and six feet apart. That's right. Yeah. Well within the guidance. You know, it's funny though. Even though we have less than six or less than ten, six feet apart. They sound exactly the same as they did last week and the week before. They and, did, yeah. You know, and it's, it, you know, the thing is, we, that one guy that whistles all the time, he's, he's back with the, the 10 people, too. So you can't get rid of him. You know, I, I might have to talk to him about it, but I I just haven't uh, gotten around to it. So, Well, you know, it's, it's a, uh, he lets us know he appreciates us. We can't stifle yeah. his enthusiasm too much here. Yeah. Well, Oh, yeah. I have to. Oh, she doesn't get any louder. He'll, he'll, I think he'll be okay. Okay. Uh, maybe next uh, time I'll tell him to cut it back. I'll tell him to cut it back a little bit next time. It's, yeah, it's yeah, might be a good idea. So, well, yeah. welcome to All About Wine. This is the first day of spring. What? Yes. Is it? Yes, I thought it, it was already on us. Oh, no. Today is officially the first day of spring. Oh. March 19th. It is official. Hmm. Wow. Welcome. At least that's what all the newspapers and calendars and comics all said, so better believe Mm -hmm. it. Welcome to the first day of spring, and well, in Northern Hemisphere, anyway. Listening to us in Australia is the first day of autumn. So, heading into your winter season there. But we are heading into our spring and summer season here in Northern Hemisphere. And today is the first day of spring. So, welcome to the show. It, well, since it is the first day of spring, it's 3 19 2027 right now. So, if you're listening live, thanks. Welcome to the show. If you was are, me. was it okay? I was going to say, oh, what happened? Uh, when I hear that sound, I immediately start looking all over the studio board, thinking, what happened? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he's gone. 
<laughs> oh no! Oh no! Uh, and then, uh, like a seven oh four Eastern time, if you listen to us live. If you're on archives, then welcome to archives. A lot of people listen on archives. So, and we're still under quarantine. Everybody, the whole world, still under quarantine. And we're going to talk a little bit about the. COVID-19 again tonight. I mean, how can we not since it's everywhere? Uh, so we'll hit on that a little bit. But I've got some other things, a few other things to tell you about and all that. We have a guest coming up next week, Jim Laughlin, who is an author and uh, I think self-taught wine guru. Yeah, I guess that would be his title, uh, self-taught wine guru. He's authored a couple of books on wine and uh, one of them is how to make a a beer lover love wine or something like that, and fifty ways to love wine. It's I may have gotten those wrong too, but he will be on next week talking and visiting with us. And so, if you uh, are listening next week, we'll probably go over the standard hour that we do hours of most of our program. We'll allow him oh, yeah. he has. He has a beer drinker's guide to knowing and enjoying fine wine. Oh, okay. But that sounds it. Huh. That's a beer it. drinker's guide. A beer drinker's guide to knowing and enjoying fine wine. Isn't that interesting? Kind of. That would be. Well, can't wait to talk to him about that. It's uh, get the, written for get the those beer drinkers yeah. out there interested in wine and convert them. <laughs> Trying yep. to anyway. <clears throat> So he'll be on with us next week. Uh, so tune in next week for our guest, Jim Laughlin. We'll have information up on the Facebook page and on the show page here. So if you want to know a little bit about him, I think Mike's going to be posting up uh, some links to his books and a couple other links there. So if you want to find out more about him, then you can check our Facebook page. And... Well, whatever might get it up there. <laughs> as he posted, as efficient as he is, he may better have it up before the show's over. Either. So I don't know. So, but uh, we will have information for our guests next week. There, things to talk about tonight. Let's see. We got different things. I was going to announce last week about the Bush Gardens Food and Wine Festival, which is always a big thing. It runs weekends through April the 26th, and they have, well, it says, uh, sixth year, keeps the bites and beverages on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, you can ride roller coasters and then go drink wine and eat food, which seems like a, a horrible combination for me. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, Bush Garden has available, and it all sounds like fun and games and everything, except Bush Garden is closed. COVID-19 has taken care of the Food and Wine Festival this year. And as part of the park admission, uh, although the food and drink is additional, they do have musical acts, um, Three Dog Nights going to be there, Ezra, Ray Hart, all sorts of great food and everything. But 
I know, I know. I'm telling you all about this stuff, and it's not available. So, same thing with Epcot. I think Epcot's having their wine festival, or we're planning on having their wine festival, and that has been canceled also because Epcot is closed. So, sorry. Um, main thing you can do now is mark it on your calendars and look forward to all this stuff next year because there is not going to be this stuff this year. A new rosé. Uh, rosé by any other name, it says here. This is out of JNSQ and Apostle Ropos. It's a rosé crew. Internet at jnsq.com is distributed nationally. They recently released their Rosé Cru, a fruit-forward wine comprised of 52% Grenache, 21% Pinot Gris, 20% Syrah, and 7% Rennet. They describe it as summer in a glass. The wine features a touch of tropical fruit and hints of white peach, accented with notes of red fruit, apple, savory, herbal, and white wine floral notes, company says anyway. Rosé Cruz Appalachian takes place in California, producing the final product at 12.5% alcohol. It is available nationwide in 750 collectible bottles with a pearl scent rose cap or suggested retail price of $29. It's a pretty bottle. They show the bottle in this picture, and it's pretty it's a round bottle and has this rose on the cap, uh, white white rose on the cap. It's pretty. You know, it's, it's, if the wine is even halfway decent, then it's worth the $29 a bottle. But coming out by JNSQ, Apostle Rolfos, California. Giant Uncorks private wine brand party. Giant food in the greater Washington, D.C. region is growing its selection with a new private label wine offering. Giant Foods located in uh, Landover, Maryland, is the base of the company. They unveiled their new wine line called Artie. It's a selection of four wines produced from between $6.99 and $9.99 a bottle. And it's going to be in all 57 stores in Virginia. Uh, Let's see if it says here. Artie Wines labels feature a colorful cork icon highlighting the origin country of each varietal. Oh, there you go. Okay. Uh, the full lineup includes a 2018 South African Chardonnay and then has a cork with ears and little horns on it. it looks like a giraffe uh, on the label. A 2017 Australian Cabernet Sauvignon with big ears and a black nose the koala bear, and a 2018 Pinot Grigio from Italy. And that cork is, or that label cork, looks like a Roman soldier. Uh, has a little right across the top. And then they have a 2018 Sauvignon Blanc from France. They don't show company know that Giant Foods beer and wine category manager played an instrumental role in bringing Artie to stores. 
We are thrilled with the Artie Wines, easy to drink, affordable, and lighthearted wine. These wines are a great way to explore different wine varieties and pair with your favorite foods on family events and with friends. So, uh, Artie is in the stores for giant foods. So, if you're up the East Coast and Virginia area, check those out. And if you are up in the East Coast and Virginia area and you check those out and you're listening, Send me a tasting notes on it. I would love to know what and how they are. That would be interesting to report that. Private label wine is a big trend in the industry, and last year several different stores have came out with private label wines. Uh, Target, Amazon, Little, Lidl, I guess L-I-D-L, Costco, and Trader Joe's. They've been doing it for quite some time, and they've been doing it very successfully. So it's becoming more and more popular, these private label wines. Uh, we looked in, Florida State's winery looked into doing private labels for cash and care. And we talked to the wine people and we talked to the, all the people that was in the powers that be. And uh, one person said, okay, this sounds great. And then a month later, somebody else in charge of wines in the company system. And we talked to them, and they said, oh, that sounds like a great idea. And we started to get further, and then somebody else was in charge. And it went to show us the corporate structure of these places and also the corporate structure of cash and carry at the time, which was falling apart. They, I think they went bankrupt eventually, but they chose a bad one. But we, we almost sponsored a, a private label for cash and carry that we had all the paperwork. I mean, literally a box full of information and paperwork and all that form. But it never came about. Okay. Uh, cancellations. Ooh, let me back out. Cancellations. And I say cancellations because just about everything's canceled now. But we have new things that are going on here. The Tablas Creek blog, if you're not getting it, I again suggest that you do. Info at tabluscreek.com, T-A-B-L-A-S, Creek Tablas. Their blog says, tasting room open, but we'll do to-go orders. Order wine from us, support the restaurants that are around them, and takeouts and stuff like that. So they're, they're promoting everything that they can to keep people from in contact. So there's lots of ways to stay in touch with Tavis Creek, and one of the ways is for you to sign up for their email. Or for their e-letter. Sudbury, Massachusetts is where they're located, and you can uh, get on their email list. That, uh, which you can... Get on their emails, info at tabletscreek.com. It's a good email. If you haven't done so, please do. And we also have Whispering Oaks. Whispering Oaks is located in Florida here, north of Tampa, east, west of Gainesville. But they are still open and maintaining regular hours. Hmm. Everybody goes, hmm. Uh, it's... Well, they have Whispering Oak Winery carry-out menu. 
open Tuesday through Thursday and then and Sunday from 11 to 7 and Friday, Saturday, 11 to 9. And they have cheese plates and roast peppers and uh, smoked fish dip and crackers and all sorts of light stuff. There's steak night, uh, Friday and Saturday evenings only from 5 to 7. I guess that's has to be carry out too. So they are still open, but they're not eating and sitting down there. They are me take it out. Bogo on bottles and cases of Sassy Sangria and Oak Barrel Reserve, March 20th and 22nd. That's tomorrow, you know, tomorrow through Sunday. Um, the right, though, is a fully licensed restaurant, Whispering Spring Oaks Winery will remain open in compliance with the governor's new restrictions. We will maintain a 50% capacity indoors keeping everyone safe with the proper distancing and everything i editorialized that instead of reading the whole thing live music this weekend the muds on the 20th del stumble on the 21st along with charles william in the evening and the 22nd richie q so they have things going on whispering oak you can get a hold of them wines of florida.com so Want to make a trip to a winery that is open? Whispering Oaks is the, the one there. And let's see, we've got a couple others too. Save them. So I can tell you about them. Where the heck? Oh, here we are. Chief Joshua, I've been telling you about the whiskey and wine in the Wild West or in the Old West. Uh, the event that's coming up that has been canceled. Bravo Wine Festival has been postponed until November. So the two big events for Keith Joshua that are that were coming up in this month, beginning of next month, are no longer coming up in this month and the beginning of next month because those are canceled. So you can always get a hold of Keith Joshua at kj-vineyards.com. AJ-Vineyards.com and find out what's going on there. They are located south of Tucson, Arizona and Elgin, Arizona. Part of the way south in the southern hills of Arizona. But they are they have closed closed down now. Uh, or they haven't closed down. They have canceled those events. Castle Ridge Winery in Iowa. Limited sales and event cancellations. Uh, reduced copper action beginning on March 17th. All events have been canceled at Castle Ridge Winery. The winery is still open, but they're limiting uh, the sales to to-go bottles or cases until further notice. So going in, doing tastings, or sitting down and enjoying the atmosphere at the winery, you can't do it at Tassel Ridge because of the COVID-19 restrictions. Uh, all events have been canceled there. If you need to get a hold of them for any reason, you can still do so and get on their mailing list and find out what's going on with them. That's easy enough. Go to info at Tassel Ridge, T-A-S-S-E-L Ridge.com, and that will keep you informed of what they are doing there. Uh, okay. 
Let's go back. There's one more. Yes. And it is. Oh, there's a couple more. Walsh. Walsh Winery uh, at walshvineyards.com. And they are located in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. Did I just say Walsh? Looks like I. But they are curbside delivery only and no tastings. They're waiving all shipping fees, though. So get a hold of Walsh Vineyard, and they uh, they have a list of their states they can ship to and no shipping fees. So what a good deal there. So if you want some Walsh Vineyard wines, now's the time to order. Again, www.waltzvineyards.com. And Henry River. Henry River is located in Newberry, South Carolina. They are the same as everyone else. Pre-order and pickup. Online wine pre-orders and pickup. So... You can next day pick up limited quality orders will be held for up to three days. So if you order something, if you don't get it in three days, they put it back on the shelf. But pick up purchasing hours 11 to 1 and 4 to 6. And online orders, they got all sorts of neat wines there. Again, check them out at, uh, oops, uh, here we go, Henry River Vineyards, E N O R E. Henry River Vineyards. And I'm sure that's most of the wineries. Now, since I'm on wineries and telling you about wineries here and talking about wineries, because of COVID-19, and obviously this is the reason why all this stuff is happening and everything is, is shut down and everything is going on because of the pandemic. I was thinking today, this is a great opportunity for you as wine drinkers or wine lovers or wine people to start tasting other wines. Hey, you're in the house, not supposed to be going out and can contact with people. You can contact your local liquor store and say, I would like a case of assorted wines, can you deliver it for free? And more than likely, they will do it. They probably won't charge the delivery fees. And do it. Order ones that you're not used to, though. Don't order your same-old, same-old. I know you're saying, well, Ron, how do I know what I should order or not if I don't go down to the store and look at them and see what they are? Excuse me. If you have a local liquor store, you can call them up and say, I want a variety of wines, not above $15 a bottle. Give me a Barbera or two. Give me a uh, Zinfandel or two. Give me a Cab. Give me a Pinot Grigio or two. Give me a... uh, uh, Just... You know, look on the list of wines and what wines are available and order different ones and put a 
case together. And if you tell them to keep it within a price range, they can do it for you, I'm sure, and they'll deliver it for free. So you're looking at $150, and you get yourself a case of wine there, and then while you're home, try the different ones. Don't get stuck on the same one all the time. And I say this, I tell people this all the time. You go into the store, and you look at a wine, and you think, well, that's a pretty good one. This is something interesting. But then you well, I've never had this before. And you put it down, and you go back to your default one. One you always buy. Well, I know I like this one. I know this is good. I always enjoy this. And you get stuck. You get stuck in a rut. You get stuck drinking the same thing all the time and not knowing if you're going to like anything else. People used to come into the winery. Well, I only drink Cabernet Sauvignon. And I go, why? Well, I know it's good, but you don't know anything. If you always drink Cabernet Sauvignon, then you have no idea that a Barbera might be a that you love, or a Carignan, or Zimbabwe, or any number of wines that you have never had that you might find absolutely fascinating and become your new favorite. Try them. This is a great opportunity for that. This is the perfect chance for you to try different wines. Make notes, make notes of what you're trying, because you probably won't do it again. Or maybe you will. Once you've tried this once, maybe you will. Once you start getting out in the world and stop at a liquor store, you won't be so tempted to go back to your default. You'll start looking at something new, which is only fair, only fair to the wines, only fair to you. You'll find something about life. So, something for you to do now while you're weathering out this restrictions and their distancing and all the stuff that comes with this pandemic, pick up different wines and give them a try. And I can't think of a better way to enjoy an isolation or a self-imposed prison than to have a bunch of different wines to try and make notes of them and all that. So that's my my suggestion. Speaking of good, we have a quick. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, we have a quick shout out uh, to Ray. Uh, he says he's sitting here with your sister. I don't Ray. I don't know Ray. Yeah, does that ring a bell or no? Uh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> but hey, Ray and my Wrong sister. <laughs> Is it? A- you got the right, uh, Ray, are you? Uh, yeah, you just posted on chat. It says, sitting here with your sister. It's like, okay. Don't know. Oh, maybe. maybe a friend of hers. Uh, could. Yeah. Mm. Could be. Could okay. Be. <clears throat> well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, it's always good to know my sister has friends out there that want to find me. Let's see, what is this? This is, I thought this was a little bit more about it, but it's just comments here on this. Um, okay. 
So, what was I saying? Enjoy the wines. Get out there, try different wines, try different types and all that. A few odds and ends I want to tell you about here. I'm going to talk about the newest issue of Wine Spectator has came out here. They have a couple of interesting little things that I want to share with you. I don't know if you get Wine Spectator or not, but if you don't, it's 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 a good read. And it's half the book is well, not even half anymore. They've really cut back on it. it used to be half the book was scores and stuff, but they've cut way back on that. And don't have so many scores, but they got a good a lot of scores in there and stuff like that. And good prices. This is a good way to do it. I mean, this one has a uh, $275 Italian Barola in here, which, you know, I don't think any of us are ever going to jump out and buy. But they also list a $20 Italian Nozole, Chiante uh, Classico from Villa Nozole. So, big varieties in the thing. So, if you don't get Wine Spectator, then it's, it's always a good read. But, article here says, Health Study Links Wine to Longer Life. Oh, we knew that. This is, doesn't do anything to us. But it says, five healthy habits. Modern alcohol consumption, one to two glasses of wine per day, was one of the five habits linked to longer life, along with not smoking. And it's one of the biggest risk factors. Uh, those enjoyed, who never smoked enjoyed longer life. Activity. Average of 30 minutes or more of moderate or vigorous exercise Per day, people live longer. BMI, body mass index of 18.5 to 24.9 was ideal for the height and weight. And nutrition, eat right. And two glasses of wine a day. So overall, this was the... uh, Specifics that they came up with. They, the study started with uh, female nurses ages 30 to 55 and male health professionals ages 40 to 75. And they sent out questionnaires every two years to get health information. And they looked at the rate of chronic diseases, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, cancer, and lifestyle, and smoking, BMI, stuff like that, I just read. And they found that a moderate amount of alcohol actually does help benefit. And uh, when they included only four lifestyle categories without the alcohol, women who adhere to all four uh, factors had 9.5 years, men 8.8 years longer life expectancy, three of the major problems, but once they start figuring in alcohol, it increased women to 12.5 years uh, longer life expectancy and men 9.6. So, yay! We have said this over and over again. I keep finding studies on this, but this is the latest one. This came out of Harvard University's T.H. Chan School of Public Health. So, 
a little bit of a name behind the study. It wasn't just a bunch of people getting together saying, let's make wine sound good for us. Well, California wineries are suing insurance firms over the smoke-tainted wines. This is something new here. This is something that hasn't been done. Uh, 245,000 acres were burnt or damaged, and uh, nearly a dozen wineries were burned or, or some completely destroyed. They all wonder what happened, what would happen to the grapes that were on the vine. And once they became fermented, they found that they are suing the insurance company for refusing to cover wines damaged by smoke. They, well, you can't tell. Again, we've talked about smoke taint. And because of the fact that you really don't know until you start getting it to become wine, if there's really smoke taint. Uh, the Sonoma-based Vintage Wine Estate, or VWE, and uh, Kund, K-U-N-D-E, Kunda family of Sonoma Valley are suing their insurance companies for refusing to cover wines damaged by smoke. Kunda is seeking more than $7 million from its insurer, and uh, VWE, which owns more than 30 brands, has filed a complaint in the same court seeking more than $12 million from certain underwriters uh, at Lloyd's of London. Kuhn is insured by Allianz. That's a German company, I believe, still. Both wineries claim that some of their wines at various stages of production were exposed to smoke. And it's not harmful to drink. It does show undesirable effects. And they argue that their insurance carriers are obliged to cover the losses because they issued policies that included all risk coverage for the winery's operation and products. The carriers claim that their policies don't cover damage to grapes on the vine. So it is going to be a bottle. I'll let you know if I see anything more about it. I'll let you know what's going on. It could set a new precedent. It could also raise prices for insurance. It could also have a writer in there saying anything on the vine is, doesn't count if it's smoke damage and all that. It will change a lot of that stuff. So we will see. But as of right now, the lawsuit is progressing. And I don't think it was thrown out. A lot of times you get lawsuits like that and they get tossed right away. But this one is proceeding. I saw this, I thought this was interesting. Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie have a winery uh, for nearly, well, for a long time now, actually. They have a rosé. Their winery is in French, Chateau Marival. Uh, and they thought it was going to be stuck in custody battles with the uh, divorce between those two. But surprisingly, it wasn't. Oh, maybe my internet access is blocked. Hmm. 
different celebrities in the wine business. I was going to tell you about besides them, but excess is blocked for some reason. It says it's a risky McAfee says it's a risky connection. But instead of having the vineyards stuck in divorce battles, things have been busier than ever. Uh, they co-owner with the Prince family of the Rhone Chateau du Castle. And uh, propping up Miraval, so it hasn't really suffered with those two getting a divorce. They have a Premier Rosé Champagne they're coming out uh, with there. It's one of Champagne's hottest grower producers, Peters, and he's making a Rosé Champagne of Pinot Noir, uh, Noir and Chardonnay. Uh, it's uh, going to be a, a rosé champagne. It's going to increase the quality of rosé as far as possible in champagne, it says. So, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, Chateau Marival, Premier Rosé Champagne. It's going to be on the shelves. And if they're saying Premier, and those two, it's probably going to be a few bucks there. But we'll see what happens. Lead in his red. Did wine kill Beethoven? By the end of his life, Ludwig von Beethoven's body was performing a full symphony of ailments and afflictions. And his doctors concluded that he was filled primarily by cirrhosis. But with recent research, Professor Franvizio Bacella surmises there was more to it than alcohol. In 2013, new evidence arose. A toxicology analysis of the maestro's remains showed very high concentrations of lead. Bucella thinks the culprit was Beethoven's favored wines from Mans, Germany, and Buddha, Hungary which were often treated with lead monoxide. This was illegal even then and quite possibly So, Beethoven was killed by wine. And they do that now. They still, they, they still put stuff in wine. Which, you know, a little bit of balance and stuff. And then they come out with it. Oh my God, there's lead in And, uh, we see it all the time. Southwest France, I noticed an article. This is out of Wine Enthusiast magazine, a real nice article. A lot of areas in Southwest France are growing the indigenous grapes there, ones that have been around for a long time but were not being planted, not being grown. And now they are starting to do it again. The article lists four whites and four reds that are new, I'm actually going to talk about those probably in a couple of weeks. Uh, but an interesting article, if you do get the one enthusiast uh, April issue, I will talk more about that. And something else here I'm going to talk about. I've talked about this before. Wildlife control in the vineyard. I, well, a few years ago, 
I talked about it because we were having problems with wild boar uh, at the winery and deer and all sorts of stuff. We live in Florida and it's constant stuff around. But this is wildlife control in the vineyard. And it says a type of wildlife that is very common that can negatively impact vineyards are deer, rodents, and that could be any type of, of rodent, you know, mice and rats and a lot of other things that are cute looking up at rodents. Birds and raccoons. And birds in particular are horrible for fruit. They will go in and they will pick up the fruit and destroy it. The damage of a flock of birds like the starlings and blackbirds is unbelievable. And even one bird pecking on a vine can leave uh, pathogens that can alter the taste of the fruit. So a lot of places use netting over their vines to protect it from birds. And it is, it is very labor-intensive, but it's something that really you can't do without. Larger vineyards, loss of crop due to bird damage could be as high as 10 to 30 percent, which is millions of dollars. Uh, in smaller vineyards, it could be even higher than that, which could result in loss of crop for the year. They, uh, if they don't eat the fruit on the vines, they may tear through the leaves and damage shoots that are no longer and, and, and no longer support the plant. Uh, not all types of animals are nuisance. Sheep and geese provide weed control. Llamas can be used to clear debris from the vineyards. Armadillos are known to eat harmful insects. Now, this is something that you would see in actually I had in, in the Florida State Winery Vineyard was armadillos were around. I never never shoot those away. I never miss those at all. I find around. And also sandhill cranes, uh, okay, big tall birds that we have here in, that migrate up and down through the United States to Canada, the sandhill cranes. Quite a few down here. And it's always nice to see those walking around because they would eat a lot of bugs and a lot of grub and stuff that would bother the plants. Dogs, cats, bobcats, scareaway rodents, and other small pests. And uh, they don't protect the sheep from predators, too. I mean, it's just surprising the dogs and cats would do that. Chemical methods are available today, although that is not always a good thing. Uh, there is the chemical methods for birds is not harmful to the birds themselves. There have been no reports of unexpected uh, changes in any wine made with grapes that have been treated with the avion control chemical. It's been proven to be, well, generally regarded as safe, as it says, which is a good designation because this is what a lot of food you eat are classified as. Uh, GRS generally regarded safe, but you start getting into rodent control. This is stuff that can be harmful. Stuff you got to watch. The strychnine baits, the aluminum phosphide, or prostoxins, anticoagulants. Uh, these can not only kill rodents, but they can also kill 
anything, no gifts and such. And not only did they kill rodents, but they can also kill birds because a rodent can eat strychnine tablets. And as they are dying, they're looking for water to fill up on water, which actually kills them. As they are dying, they're not as fast and they can't hide. And so birds of prey fly down and grab them and eat them. And the strychnine gets in the birds and it kills the birds of prey. So not a good thing. I don't like seeing strychnine used as a method of control on rodents because of the whole cycle. If you do start using those things, you have to be approved and licensed, actually. I got licensed at the winery. Uh, the county has licensed tests, and you, you take the test, and I give you the license, say that you can use these chemicals and stuff, which is, they have the book. Uh, that you can just follow the book and it's, it's, it's a simple thing to do. But uh, it's uh, get you registered and it, it makes it legal. Natural ways to control wildlife. You can use uh, tubes, growing tubes, mesh, uh, screen. Fences don't do a whole lot of good against deer because the fence can stand flat-footed, jump straight up in the air and land on the other side of an eight-foot fence. But no effort at all. Uh, little things like egg-based sprays or garlic-based juices can also take care of wildlife. Nettings and barriers. Uh, nettings are great when you start netting uh, the vineyard, but it is, like I mentioned just a little ago, very, very labor-intensive. Although you do have a the tractor and the machine that pulls it out of the big row and lays it over the top of the vineyard. But you have a big vineyard that can get very, very costly. And there's uh, three-quarter inch mesh that's saying is probably the most popular of all of them out there. And it keeps it from the birds, but yet it doesn't affect anything else, range or sun and all that. And, you know, like it says here, installing a fence that is eight feet or taller to prevent animals from jumping over it. I've seen deer out there take on a 10-foot fence and with a simple bound over the top of it. Acoustic devices are always popular, but they have, they're on timers, and you got to watch that the timers aren't too... Uh, consistent to uh, what's my word setting the setting cannot be like every 10 minutes because the birds get used to it they start counting on it 10 minutes later comes the boom they start flying away and after a while so you have to vary it or you can have yourself a couple of three cannons out there and have them go off at different times like set them for every half hour and then set one for like every 20 minutes in there so that they are different patterns. Lasers is also a great way. Lasers have uh, a green beam that is seen as a physical object to birds. And you can 
constantly have it move, so the birds get very confused about what it is, and they leave. When the automated laces will cover 20 to 30 acres of vineyards, giving 24-hour protection and reducing bird damage by as much as 95%. So lasers are a great way to do it. And they just rotate around and, and show uh, the shine on different things in different areas. Another way is falconry. You can get falcons in come in. There's a lot of people who have falcons. In fact, we had a falcon. Uh, was a Falcon, what's his, what is a person who has a falconer? He, he practiced falconry. I don't know the proper terms, but he would bring his birds in every once in a while at the winery and let them fly around. I was talking to him, Donnie, and he said he used to hate eagles because eagles, especially bald eagles, bald eagles were about the only bird fast enough to catch a falcon. They would catch them and eat them. So, uh, <laughs> it could get expensive for the people on falcons. But falcon is a good way to do it, and they're out there for certain hours of the day looking for birds, or, and what they'll do is they'll go out and they'll catch a bird and eat it because they're a falcon student. And let's see, what else here? This is, you know, gophers and field mice are major problems in vineyards, but there's control, and they can do severe damage. Wild boar is one of the biggest, but the thing with wild boar, fencing can usually keep them out. Fencing is usually a, a good deterrent, uh, but they can tear up vineyard in a heartbeat. In one evening, you can lose uh, an acre of land, and unless you can stop them from coming in, it could tear up over a period of a month. You've lost 40, 50 acres, and they are horrible at turning stuff up. And wild boar are all over this country, everywhere you go. In fact, the golf course that I play quite often had to close down for two months last summer because wild boar got into the front nine, and they had to close the front nine down, and then the back nine got started to get some damage, so they closed the whole golf course down. They say they have a guy that comes in every night with bow and arrow and gets two or three wild boar still this season. I just was at the golf course yesterday, and there was problems then still with the wild boar. So it is a problem. It's a problem in the vineyards all over the place, uh, pests. We love the pests. We love to have them around and everything when we are not being tested by them, and they really do become quite a, a hassle when you're trying to grow stuff that they find it's extremely good to eat. So most of the time, you want to get rid of them, and the methods to do it and get quite challenging. Okay, uh, well, let's see. I wanted to talk about this last week. This was a blog that uh, 
I got, got an update. Do you know Bo? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's who that's who they are referring to. Ray oh. is actually called Bo instead of Ron Two. Does that make sense? Yay. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. That's <laughs> my brother. That's my brother in law. Yeah, I'm going to Ray. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of forgot the way there. Code work. I was like, oh, okay, good. Well, we solved that one. I can move on to my other next one. You can move on. Take a deep sigh of relief. (laughs) All right. And yeah, that's my brother in law, Ron. You see, we're sitting there with my sister, and I'm thinking, well, that's Ron. That's not Ray. But Bo, yeah. And the reason he he says Ron, too, is because his name is actually Ron. So I, I would be. Probably Ron one in that equation. So, yeah, good, good. Well, that cures that. Okay. This, let's see, where are we? Oh, here we go. Okay. Question is on this blog, is expensive wine worth the money? And this has been a topic that we have addressed periodically over the years of the program. And the answer has basically been if you understand the expensive wine, it can be. If you don't understand the expensive wine, don't spend your money on it. Now, it says, you get what you pay for when you spend a lot more for a bottle of wine. And that wasn't the question that was on top of my mind when I joined 11 other mostly French tasters at a tasting in South France, but it was one that came out of the tasting. And it goes on to say that it was a blind tasting of red wines, and it was by different regions. And apart from the colors and origins, the two dozen samples had one thing in common. They were highly rated by the most respected authorities in the French world of wine. And they had some, said, very expensive wines there. Um, They didn't know at the time, but nine of the glasses, over a third of them, contained examples of Chateau du Pop which is an uh, inexpensive wine. You can find that all over the place. It says with an average score of 95.6, an opportunity to try wines that were extremely good and extremely uh, deserving of their illustrious reputation, he says. But it's $700 euro. 700 euro, I guess not dollars, 700 euro. He goes on to say that some of the other wines that he tasted there were some very expensive ones and very highly rated ones. But then they threw in a couple of ringers and they were scored high themselves compared to the others. So, 
He said, many years ago, he said, price and perceived quality and blind tastings that he tried to create a value for money scale using a simple equation. At the top of the scale, a 100-point wine selling for $10 had a great value score of 50, while an 85 points price at 35, for example, would have poor value score of 12, which to me would be, I don't know, I don't like that. Then a friend revealed that they flaw in my system by applying it to cars, Audi and Volkswagen belong to the same corporate group, share many components, often get a very similar scores from critics, but that knowledge doesn't persuade many Audi buyers to save thousands of dollars by buying a cheaper rent. They're making an emotional, irrational purchase, just like buyers of bottles of wine costing, say, $25 or more. And he goes on to talk about that and what the money can be. And so, and the question, answer to the question is, whether you like it or not, what you get when you splash out on a bottle of wine or a car is never just about quality. It's reputation, rarity, the stories, how you discovered it, all that stuff comes into play. So therefore, you're willing to pay a little bit more for it. So because of that, yeah, the expensive wine would be worth the money. Simply because you're willing to pay a little bit more for the experience and for everything that goes with it. And I'd have to agree with his summation on that. It's you can have you can continue to buy twelve, thirteen dollar wines. But you jump up and you get some $50 bottle of wine and you share that with friends or you share some evening or you pair it with a certain food, then it's, yeah, that was worth it. So keep that in mind when you're looking at buying wines and stuff. Yeah, the expensive wines, as far as the aesthetics and everything that goes with it, is worth the extra money. Now, the taste, we just we discussed that in past shows and how the taste is compared to expensive wine and cheap wines, and we've discussed that many, many times, and we've addressed those things a lot. And conclusions on those is, you know, probably not because you probably won't understand the little small nuances, but if it comes to the the story, if you will, the story of the wine, the story of what you just got, the story of what you're drinking, then it is worth the money. Okay, I had something else, one other thing I was going to discuss here. Shows discussed 
the different levels of wine uh, oh wine certification there we go wine certification and I found this great little article about it telling the cost of each step and what it involves and everything else it's a little bit involved. I'm not going to get into it tonight. I'll just give you keys. A couple of weeks, we will talk about that because it is well worth bringing up. Uh, beginning sommelier, work in a tasting room and pressure friends, plan a trip, and feel confident about your knowledge of wine. Certified sommelier, feel confident working in a wine bar, restaurant, or a wine store, teacher friends and associates, and organized tastings. Industry experience pro. You've worked in wine for a while and you know how things work. You can run a wine list, open a restaurant, and educate students about wine. Mastery, a level that takes up to 10,000 hours of deliberate practice. You teach pros and push the industry forward. And it goes into details on a lot of these different wines and different levels and all that. Very, very interesting article if you decide to become certified in the fields, then it goes into that a lot. We will discuss that in a couple of weeks. We have a guest next week. One more thing, though, I'm going to cover here before we end tonight. Since we all are required to stay in and limit our contact with other human beings, except for the ones in our house, um, <laughs> Which reminds me of this joke I saw on the internet. It says, second day of no sports. I found a person sitting on my couch. I think it's a wife. She's interesting. Um, so, you know, it's, since they've stopped all this stuff, we're discovering new things around. But here's something for you. Binge watching. I'm sure a lot of you are planning on doing your share of binge watching now since it is time to not do anything else. You can't go out, you can't go to sports, you can't do go to restaurants, you can't go to bars. What is there left to do? Well, there's all sorts of things left to do by watching shows that you've been putting off or been wanting to see. And what do you do now with these shows when you've been watching? What wine do you pair up with some of them? I got a few suggestions for you. Game of Thrones. If you haven't seen that from beginning to end, that's a great binge watch there. And get yourself some Tempranillo. It is an Italian wine, but you can get American versions of it. Tempranillo, T-E-M-P-R-A-N-I-L-L-O. It is a nice red wine that will go great with your Game of Thorns TV shows. Grey's Anatomy. Boy, that's been on forever now. I remember... 15 seasons, I think, something like that. So after 15 seasons, if you haven't been keeping up, there's something to do over the next few weeks. Crank out a binge watch of Grey's Anatomy and open up some rosé. And I mean, yeah, really, this is this is a rosé show. If there is, ever was one, Grey's Anatomy is. It is... It has as drama, but basically it's it's you know romance and everything else. Uh, I started watching the first season, and 
saw a little bit the second season and none after that. It just got to be too long for me. Black Mirror, I'm not, not quite sure. What's Black Mirror? One episode of Black Mirror at a time. I, what, I've never heard of the show Black Mirror. Uh, but it's on this list here. It shows Black Mirror as one. I'm not familiar with Black Mirror. Hannibal. If you're going to watch Hannibal, Keontae? Oh, of course. Keontae's always great with something like Hannibal. It's, it's a good, good, less expensive one, if you will, because you're going to be you know, having parts of it that you're going to want to Swallow big big gulps of it, but get a Keontae. It's always Sunday, sunny in Philadelphia. If you this is a series that came out, I mean, you can watch this. Get yourself something lighter on this. Uh, Chardonnay would I think would go very well with this. You can grab yourself any number of Chardonnays. Get yourself some light fruity ones, or even the Nice, heavy, buttery, oaky ones, but Chardonnay's with it's always in Philadelphia. The series of that, and if you're really adventurous, grab yourself some cans of wine to go with the show. Uh, there's a lot of cans out there, and give you a chance to try those. The Office. Now here's where a Chardonnay I think will come in. A good oak Chardonnay, uh, one that is just is full of butteriness and full of oak and one that just announces itself when it walks in the room, something like Michael does in the show. So grab yourself some nice oaky Chardonnay and get the butteriness to come out to it and binge watch The Office. And Twin Peaks. That's another one that's fun. Orange wine. It suggests here an orange wine, but I think Twin Peaks, I don't know if orange wine, I think I would go something bubbly, Prosecco, or a Cremette, or something like that, I think would go well with Twin Peaks. And give it that little tickle in the nose while you're watching the murder mystery of it. The Good Place just ended a couple of weeks ago. Good Places is a great show. I love The Good Place. It was hilarious. And now they're turn, taking it apart and saying, oh, it had this hidden message and this hidden meaning and this. Yeah, it did. But, you know, it was a fun show. So, what do you have? Sangria. Make yourself up some sangria because that show just shout sangria, I think, all the time you're watching it. It is uh, delightful and it's you know it's just it's just a good good light fruity wine to have with a show like The Good Place, and like it says here, it's really forking good. And if you're familiar with the show Good Place, you understand that. And Stranger Things. This was show. Started in 1988 and it's strange. Who's Nouveau, anyone? 
that would be good with Stranger Things. Or if you're not into Bushley Nouveau, try a white Zimondo. All these shows were popular back in, or all these wines had, had great popularity in 88. This is when Stranger Things came out, so that would fill the need of your time period matching what you're watching. And so there you go. Some suggestions for TV pairings. And don't give up on just those. If you have a show that you're binge watching this weekend or this next couple of weeks, and I'm sure you probably will because there's a lot of them out there to be binge watching. You now have the time. Then grab yourself some wines. And if you think about it, Drop me a line on either Facebook or the All About Wine 101 at Gmail and let me know what show you paired to what wine, just for fun and giggles, just to see what what you're doing out there. So, you know, you can for this. You could also go to our show page on Blog Talk Radio, go all the way down to the last show, which would be the oldest show and start there and binge watch all of our seasons as well. Or binge. There you go. Binge listen. Binge listen. Shame on me for not thinking of that. Thank you. And you can drink just about any wine while you're listening to us. Um, That's right. And, and, but uh, yeah, that was just something I was thinking about. And and a drinking Mm -hmm. game too. Every time I pronounce a word wrong, you can, another shot of the wine. You that could be a hit. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I did a lot of those. And before I got my old dictionary here, yeah. yeah. The kind of show, listen to the one we did on when we went international or talk about France or any of those. Yeah. Any European guys. France, Germany, Italy. Oh, yeah. Spain. Oh my gosh, yeah. Just, so any of those. I, I destroyed the names. Every time I pronounce the name wrong, do another, another drink of wine. Oh my gosh, you want to make it through three shows. So I admit I did a terrible job, but it was fun. But <laughs> yeah. And also uh Black Mirror, the show Black Mirror, it's on its uh what fifth fifth or sixth season, I think. So it's been out there quite a while, I believe. I think it's fifth or sixth, but it's a, it's a drama. It's similar to the Twilight Zone. Oh, really? Remember the oh. old Twilight? Yeah, that's what I've, yeah, I've heard. So. I've never heard of it. Wow, yeah, how can I not see it? Where is it? Yeah. What, uh, what network on, uh, or what Netflix. channel? Netflix. Yeah, it's oh. on Netflix. That's probably why, because I don't have Netflix either, but I had to look it up. I don't like, know. Huh, wonder what that is. So, yeah, I've never heard of it. That's why. That's why. Huh. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I found that out. So there you so, go. So my suggestions uh, for everybody while you are sequestering yourself <laughs> is get yourself wine and try new wines and then binge listen to All About Wine or watch your TV shows and drink. TV shows. And you can take us with you. So there you go. Yeah, um, you can. But you're not supposed to go anywhere, so that's you, true. Can take, you can put on the earphones and wander around the house. <laughs> you can go, go from the living room to the kitchen. You can take this portable. Uh, let's see. Well, 
<laughs> well, oh, we are done for this. Go ahead. And- we got what? Richard? Is that, that his name? What? Jim. Jim. Okay, yeah. Jim's going to be our guest next week, so tune in next week. Yeah, very enjoyable. Uh, it sounds very interesting, and I can't wait to to get him on the program, and I'll I'll start putting uh, information out on the Facebook page, so we'll let you know ahead of time. Um, we will go ahead and close the show for this week. It is uh, March nineteenth. We'll be back next week, which is March the twenty sixth, last day of March, Thursday, seven p.m. Eastern <laughs> something time. Yeah. I saw something where yeah. it's, it's voted on here in the state. It has to be voted on by the federal, but looks like it might happen. It might. We'll stay this all the time, so we'll see. Uh, thank you again, and be safe, and um, sequester yourself, whatever you call it, and um, you know, be healthy, and we'll see you all next Thursday. Thanks again. 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you next week. Yeah, thank you. Eastern This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine.